What's up, guys? My name is Micah Canaley, and I want to welcome you to Young Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm joined today by my husband, Josiah, right here. Thank hey, babe. you, Josiah, for joining us. Of course. But I also want to ask you, Josiah, would you mind interviewing or inviting our friend and our guest into this podcast today. Yeah, it's my honor to introduce Pastor Nick Nielsen. Nick is the young adult pastor at Lakewood Church under the leadership of pastors Joel and Victoria Osteen. Lakewood Young Adults is a phenomenal ministry in Houston, Texas. They are known for their dynamic weekly gatherings on Sunday nights, the thriving community there, as well as the Hope and Life conference. And I remember um, about seven years ago, Facebook friending Nick Nilsson. So we've been online friends for a while, but getting to hang out right now, really appreciate your time today, Nick. Oh man, it's so honored to be with you guys. Um, so good, honored to be a part talking about life and leadership and young adults. And um, as I mentioned earlier, it's really hot down here in Houston today. And, uh, you know, but we got Russell Westbrook friends on the Houston Rockets now. So <laughs> it's a big deal for any, any bad weather. We got Russ. We're on our way back to the finals. Oh my well, gosh. We're, we're not going to let you stop without Carl Anthony Towns in the way and making some noise with the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> hey, you need, you know, you need to thank me because a good friend of ours is Gerson Rosas, who I believe you guys just yes. hired. Yes. As director yes. of basketball operations he's like a believer he goes he's like he loves Lakewood. he loves god and you guys just got him so i do believe it's a new beginning for you guys so <laughs> praise the lord here we go team <laughs> oh gosh well nick we are so excited that you're joining us here in the studio today and we want our audience to get to know you as well so nick would you be able and willing to share your story of how you began to follow jesus and how you found yourself in young adult ministry yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Beloit, Wisconsin. So I'm from the Midwest. And, Go Midwest. Um, yes, Midwest is the best. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, my, all my roots, all of my family still up there. Um, still loyal to the Chicago Bears. Have to say, I'm a huge <laughs> super fan. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't. My, I didn't grow up in the faith. My parents, um, my parents were divorced when I was three, and um, you know, they, they, they did their best great people but you know faith just wasn't on our radar and so went into high school and um, just you know like a lot of the students in my high school in, in my neighborhood I just try to find peace and purpose and a whole lot of other things and people and relationships and partying and just trying to find my identity and a whole lot of other things and but you know internally I was just lost I didn't have peace and I had one friend who I played basketball with and I played football, you know, just played sports, hung out with. And I really, I really grew to love and respect him a lot. And he invited me the summer before my senior year to a youth summer camp in Spencer Lake, Wisconsin. And I remember saying yes, for whatever odd reason, I just said, I'm in, I'll go. And long story short, I get to this summer camp and had a great time. The second night, I remember giving my life to Christ on June 18th. Hmm. Um, I don't remember what was preached about. I don't remember the songs, the service. I just remember, you know, God just really changing my heart that night. And it was a defining moment and changed the trajectory of my life forever. I came back from that camp, um, really plugged into the youth ministry there um, in Rockford, Illinois. And it just set the course. And um, 
just God over the la- over the next year or so began to turn my heart um, really away from sports, away from football, which I had a, some opportunities to play in college. And the opportunity, you know, I just I just felt a heart change. There's no really other explanation um, towards ministry and towards pastoring while I was in that local church there. And so went right into the leadership college there um, in Rockford and graduated from there and um, 17 years now in youth and young adult ministry and uh, am more passionate about ministry than I've ever been. And um, that's kind of a long story, very, very short, but that's how we land here in Houston now. Nick, that's phenomenal, and what a story of God's grace and just a testimony of step-by-step, and we don't see it fully 2020 ahead of us sometimes, but in looking back, we definitely see the fingerprints of God, the DNA of Him, and just following His footsteps and following His whisper, and that's a really fun story, and we have a tremendous respect for you as a young adult pastor. We have a tremendous respect for your church and the house that you serve at at Lakewood um, and tell us I think a lot of people are curious like I am what is it like to work with Pastor Joel Osteen <laughs> well you learn to smile a lot you learn to smile just by being around him it's pretty contagious no I you know 13 years Summer and I have served wow. his vision in his heart now at Lakewood and you know, different seasons of ministry and change of leadership and things like that, you know, just like any church happened. But I, I speaking directly to um, working with him, he's the greatest leader that I've ever had the opportunity to be around. Um, he's full of character, integrity, um, humility and compassion, um, an unmatched heart um, for people and to really give hope um, to the hopeless, to remind people that God is good, that he has a plan for them. Right. And he's just truly the same man on the platform as he is off the platform. And he really he really sets the culture of, of Lakewood with his demeanor and his posture and his approach to the world and to people. Um, yeah, so it's an honor. You know, it, Lakewood is 60 years old this year. Wow. Holy wow. cow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's we celebrate 60 years. So 1959 on Mother's Day, Lakewood Church started. And of course, the Osteen family and Pastor Joel has been a part of that. And Summer and I being a part of the story right now in this chapter um, is really overwhelming. And it's an honor. Um, There's so many seeds that have been planted by faithful believers before us. And so we are now part of, you know, the next generation of Lakewood. And we are just so honored to walk alongside Pastor Joel and to build his vision for the future. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a huge honor. It's a huge, um, awesome time to be a small part of something really, really big. That's amazing. And I, I do agree we're all a small part of something amazing. Yep. And I, I agree the first thing you mentioned was his smile. I love Joel's smile. I love your smile. And <laughs> I think that believers in Jesus, we have this hope this life, this optimism, this positivity, this joy, and our faces should be notified that life is good and (laughs) we have something to smile about. So I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, and I think it's super fun even for you to share, Nick, that Pastor Joel is who he's on stage and he is who he is 
off stage, you know, behind the scenes, yeah. leading a team, casting vision, taking people, you know, bringing hope and all those other things. And that's should be a desire of every single yeah, listener. Let it be said of all of us. Every single yes. leader listening to this podcast and in the process of recognizing that we never arrive, but we're constantly yes. discovering more of who God is and what he has for us. And we all get to be a part of that if we choose, right? So yes. um, kind of like that for such a time as this. Yes. And I think it's cool. And I would love to hear just your vision. Um, could you just tell us like your vision that God has kind of placed on your heart for Lakewood Young Adults and yes. um, for the ministry that you've been leading for all this time? Yeah, you know, when, when you know, Micah, when, when Summer and I first landed in Houston, our heart was just to serve Pastor Joel and his vision. I think for us, um, you know, our, our main focus and vision of our, of our lives is to serve, obviously, God's vision through the man of God that's, that's, that's leading the house. I mean, yeah. we yeah. see young adults as one room in a big house. So good. And we, we aren't a church within a church. We didn't come to establish our thing in the midst right. of another thing. It was really our desire from the very beginning to see how we could come and just build pastor's vision for the next generation. And so that's evolved in seasons and that changes in seasons. But I can tell you this, there's, there's, you know, there's great, great reward in building someone else's vision. And right. it's funny how God, God begins to come full circle with your desires and the things that you want when you're lifting up someone else's vision and pushing them forward. Um, but that, that mentality has really been at the core of young adults when we first landed. And now our desire is to simply take his vision and do that for young adults. So his vision is to give hope to the world. It's right. very, mm -hmm. we, we desire to give, and that includes Houston. And so for us, for young adult context, it's we're doing everything we can to give hope to young adults and the next generation. And that may look a little bit differently. How we connect to young adults may look a little differently than we would um, adults, but our, our, our focus is we're giving hope and we're giving purpose to young adults who are in a very unique season of life. Right. And a season of life where hope is desperately needed um, young adults are going through so much transition, as y'all know, and it's such a critical stage of life where you're making the most important decisions. Yes. Deciding who you're going to marry. Yes. It's massive. Deciding <laughs> where you're going to work, where you're going to live, um, key friendships that you're going to formulate potentially for life that will really dictate your future. So there is so much writing in this chapter of, of your life. And so... Summer and I have just always been very passionate about bringing hope to that season of people's lives, letting them know God has not forgotten about you. How can we create a space within mm -hmm. our church, within our context that gives hope to this generation while they're navigating these decisions and they're figuring themselves out and they're figuring out their identity and they're, you know, they're really figuring out a lot that's going to catapult them into the next chapter. So you know, all that to say, we just we just really want to remind people that God can be trusted in this season and that there's hope Amen. for them and that they have a unique purpose for their life that will propel them forward. It's beautiful. That will preach, my friend. And you have a great team that surrounds you from volunteers yes. to other paid staff from the leadership top mm -hmm. down. And um, there's other young adult team members. And would you talk about, I think one of the things that 
we would all do well to listen to you about is team building because show me your team and I'll show you your dream. If you show me yes. a great team, I'll show you a great possibility of a dream. And so we all have dreams of reaching the next generation for Christ. But talk about team building for a moment, if you will, and what maybe the team you lead looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said, you know, like no one can fulfill their destiny without people and without a team, right? Yep. Like you can't, no one can reach it alone. And whenever you, God gives you a vision, you know, it's, it's going to require people and a team. Yeah. And I, I think our, our crew around us are really the engine. They're, they're the heart and soul of what we do. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen because of the talents of a few, but the sacrifice of so many yep. and people, people see these big movements and, or they may see Lakewood or they see other places in context and there's, you know, they see a person and we know that, 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 that platform and that influence and reach and impact happens because of so many. And it's the same with us. We, we are surrounded by a huge group of leaders, um, that we meet with every month. Um, and for us, they're, they're, they're truly the thermostats of our ministry. Mm-hmm. They are the ones who set the temperature. They're the ones that are in the trenches with the other young adults leading life groups, um, directing and leading and caring for teams that execute our services every week. Um, and so those are the people that we spend the most of our time with. Every month we sit down with that team and we set the tone, we set the culture, we invest into them, we see how they're doing, um, we care for them as much as we can. and. Um, they, they are the ones who truly lift it all though. And so you can, we can explore as, as much as you want, but really that's kind of how it looks for us. I mean, we have a large team of life group leaders who lead out life groups within young adults. And we also have a team of leaders that lead out the actual practicals that run our weekly young adult service. And we stay very um, closely um, invested into that team of people every month. That's so good. And even most recently, there's been a new wave, I believe, from afar, I've seen this, of creativity and Mm -hmm. some new projects, some new passions, some new things that I don't think have ever been done before. And one of them is LYA. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, well, you know, it's really the sound that has come up out of our church and it's come up out of the next generation. It's come through young adults. So a lot of these guys in our worship team you know, I've known them since they were 14, 15 years old. Crazy. And and they didn't even know how to play. They didn't they didn't even know, you know, they didn't know how to put music together. And I've seen them stay planted at Lakewood. They've come up through our youth. They've stayed consistent in our young adults. Most of them have other jobs. You know, they're entrepreneurs or they're marketing designers or, you know, waiters and waitresses doing all kinds of things, but they they surrender their gifts and talents to God. And they've collectively come together. It's a diverse crew. It's a great reflection of who we are as a church and who we are as a young adult ministry. And they just, they've just started to write and they've just started to, you know, put melodies together and, and write, you know, just put together a unique sound that is a great reflection of what God is doing at Lakewood and what he's doing in the next generation at Lakewood and specifically our young adults. And so we just released um, an EP called In the Name. It's on all music platforms. Um, 
you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm very proud. Jonathan Osteen is, a, is, is really the spearhead of it with heart, creativity, and vision. Um, Torin Wells is a part of our team. Uh, Ramiro Garcia, Louis Garcia. I could keep going on and on of all these fantastic wow. people. Alexandra Osteen. They're all just fantastic people. They're, they're really talented, but their hearts trump their talent. Their hearts are just mm. beautiful and they're humble. And that's why I believe God is going to increase their influence is because they have the character and humility to, to sustain, to sustain it. As you can tell, I'm proud. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just over here thinking as a young adult pastor leading the next generation, that has to bring such a joy to your heart oh my gosh. of seeing God move in young people's lives. And then they're just like, Hey, we've got gifts and ITs. Can we try something? Right. And you're just like, Go ahead. What would yes. stop you? You know, and so that oh, has to be special. It's it, it's it's really why you do it, right? Like it's, it's most of them never knew the talent and gift they had in them, and we just they just stayed leaned in to God's presence into the journey, and here here we have what we have, you know, and it's so rewarding for me to see them flourish. And I make a running joke that because I'm not musically gifted at all. <laughs> And so I've dubbed myself the bridge maker, though. So whenever they write, like, great songs, I'm like, who wrote the bridge? I wrote the bridge. I'm the bridge maker. <laughs> oh, that's too fun. I'm uh, not musical either, but that's okay. No, oh, he can play a saxophone. No, terrible. <laughs> well, Nick, it's so fun to see just a smile on your face of just truly what God is doing in and through your ministry and through your young adults and I think Josiah and my heart are very similar. Like we want to equip the saints and pray into their gifts and their talents and see them come alive. I mean, you've been there for years. For, so for you to see a 14-year-old insecure male or female rise up to be an individual saying, I feel like God's called me to this. How can I use this talent? Like it's almost like how can I apply myself to your ministry and be fulfilled you know yeah. we know that as our you know we have the ability we wanted their decrease to decrease their fear and insecurities and increase their curiosity of what god is showing yeah. them and what god is wanting to do in and through them and by Great. casting vision by you know bringing hope to the hopeless so nick can you talk a little bit about what has been on your heart specifically um for young leaders Anything mm. kind of stirring in your heart or soul about that? You know, I mean, wow. I would say if there's if there's something that's been pressing lately for young leaders, it would really be to encourage them to run their race, to own to own their lane. Um, as you guys know, it's very difficult in today's culture to, you know stay focused on your lane when you are so bombarded with everybody right. else's lane and what everybody else is doing. And you have constant exposure to everybody else's stories and feeds uh, and timelines. And so for young leaders trying to find their voice and to find their identity in the middle of all of that, you know, I have a huge heart for it. I have deep compassion for it because it wasn't as difficult um, for me um, to find my voice simply because I wasn't exposed to as many voices right. at one time like many young leaders are now today. Um, I wasn't exposed to everybody else's young adult ministry or youth ministry, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and so it's very, very difficult, I think, right now to find your voice. And I would just encourage 
young leaders um, who are watching to run your race, to find your voice. Um, God cannot anoint who you pretend to be. That's good. Uh, he can only anoint who you, who he has created you to be. And every young leader has a, has a specific unique lane to run in. And um, I just, I would just encourage you to um, stay, just fight the temptation to compare and, and to really own what God has called you to do. Uh, I was just actually having a conversation with my daughter. Um, she, I had to drop her off at youth camp. You talk about feeling old and, and just, oh my God. <laughs> I dropped her off at youth camp and she was, she was going into something. She's middle school. Um, she's 12 years old. There was these conversations between her and the girls that they, they were having, like getting ready to go into camp. And I'm thinking, as you guys know, Man, drama can just ruin a lot of great moments. And right. so I'm like, I'm like, Haven, you know, I want to encourage you. Have 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 tough skin but a soft heart. Yep. Have have tough skin mm. but a soft heart. Because there's gonna be things you're gonna have to navigate through. And I would encourage and, and extend that to leaders. That it's something that I've tried to 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 live by is life happens and there's there's critics come and haters are going to hate and if we can learn to have thick skin um but not allow the critics and the haters and the setbacks and the obstacles and the gossip and the drama if we can keep that from contaminating our heart towards god and towards people and towards those that we're leading i think we can we can experience the fullness that god has for us and so it's just that balance right of as a young leader, to me, it's it's trying not to compare, running your race, and it's having that balance of tough skin and a soft heart, and and being able to lead with that and live that way. So, good. what a great response for every young leader. I hope that people take notes and maybe re-listen, rewind, and re-listen to that because finding your voice, running your race, staying in your lane, and doing it in a way that you find who God's called you to be is yeah. having having a thick skin on the outside but keeping a soft tender heart towards yeah. Jesus that's vital and, and, and you know you know you know I just the reason why it's so strong in my heart right now is just because um you know it's it's when you're trying to live when, when you don't when you're not secure in who you are and in, in, in your identity it's it's you begin to live for the approval of others right you begin to live and do things out of character to get more likes and to get more followers and to get more influence and you you begin to act beyond yourself that and you begin to find yourself in places that you weren't graced for and i've just seen a lot of young leaders push too quick or get something too fast and they just couldn't sustain it and it and, and got and it really just ended up destroying them because they, they went after something they weren't graced for. They were trying to keep up. They were trying to be someone that they weren't. And, you know, you're never gonna, you're never gonna win the approval of everybody. In fact, I, I, I encourage our young leaders all the time here in our space. I, I, I always, oops, sorry. I always encourage our leaders in our space here. I, I say, look, if, if, you're, if your goal in life is to be liked, then don't lead. Wow. Like, like if, if, you guys have seen, like, we see people all the time when you meet people who are used by God greatly and 
they were used by God greatly, but they were also criticized and they were hated on and they were, you know, often marginalized by people. And it's like, if you, if you want to be used greatly by God, you're going to, you're going to have critics and you're going to have people who aren't going to approve of you. And I want to fulfill my destiny. I want to be who I'm called to be, you know, because I'm going to get critics either way. Right. That's right. So it's like, (laughs) so Nick, just leaning into that for one more second, you talk about like, not, not letting the critics ruin your, your heart and your life and have this soft, sweet heart. How have you done that? How have you not let the naysayers or the haters or the critics, um, how have you not surrendered leadership to them? And how have you not just lived for the approval of others, but just kept your focus, your focus? It's a, it's a battle. It it truly, I I feel like again, with social media and with the, the amount of instant information that we get, that we have to process every day. And it's, it's truly a battle. I think for me, it's, it's really tuning into the right channels and the right voices consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good days and there's bad days. I wish I could sit here and tell you that, man, I I'm just, I'm so great at this and I don't have any issues with this, yeah. but I think for all of us, there's, there's seasons where you're doing better at it than others. And I think for me, the seasons where I'm doing well at is the seasons where um, I've turned down certain volumes, certain things in my life, and I've turned up others. And for me, that looks like sometimes seasons I'm doing great. I'm not on social media as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not looking at what other people are doing as much. I'm not paying attention to the haters and critics. I'm not. I'm not even entertaining platforms that would even have critics and haters. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's right. just avoiding yeah. certain environments. Yeah. It's avoiding certain platforms for me where I can truly guard my heart. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, guard your heart above all else, guard your heart. No one can guard your heart for you. Right. You know, I have to take responsibility for my heart, my soul, my spirit. I can't control what happens to me, but I can control how I react. Right. right. So I just, I just remember those things, you know, I, I, my pastor is the master at this. Of course, he has tons of critics Mm -hmm. who don't know him. They're not close to him. Right. Who've never been to Lakewood church services. (laughs) Right. So I, I feel like I I have a kind of a cheat sheet living in front of me. Wow. Um, as a young leader, I've been able to, for me personally, learn from the best who he just stays focused on his mission and stays focused on what, he has been called to do. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, we don't have time to pay attention to critics when you're so consumed with your lane in your vision and the calling that God has for your life. And so it's kind of like, you know, we're consumed with our mission. We don't have time to right. bother with the haters and respond. It's like, why give those things the time of day, be consumed with, with what God has for you and let him fight your battles. Oh my word. Thanks for leaning into that moment. That was just really on my heart to ask because I think a lot of people have a crisis in their heart of criticism and the words of people can really, they can really hurt. They can really grab our attention in a way. And the same could be for compliments too. We could let those build into our head, but focusing on the calling and mission and not having time for critics. So maybe it's this, maybe it's something else, Nick, but between your travels, the ministry you lead and your leadership role in this generation, describe what you're seeing across the landscape of young adult ministry. 
Um, you know, that's a great question. Uh, there, there may be others, I'm sure. I know there's others who could probably speak into this better than I can, but um, I, I feel like it's a unique season for young adult ministry. Um, it's very interesting what I'm seeing. I think from my scope, I see and know a lot of young pastors who are now in lead pastor roles. Right. And so it changes the dynamic of church ministry as a whole, because right. when you obviously you have younger people in, in key leadership positions, the culture of your church changes and naturally grows younger. Yep. And so, you know, I'm in conversations with a lot of young adult pastors who are like, you know, we've done young adult ministry this way for years in our church. Well, now our leader is younger. So how does our young adult ministry fit within that? And wow. so I'm seeing a lot of guys all over the nation rethinking and asking themselves, just really rethinking how they're doing it in their church right. because of some of these key transitions and because leadership is growing younger. Not everywhere, but I'm seeing a lot of that. I agree. I see the same. Th yeah, absolutely. So that's, I think, I think it's, it's young adult ministries, um, maybe I'll, I've seen some asking that question and some of them are moving on it. Some of them are sitting on it. The ones that have moved on it have gone away from maybe a weekly expression because they're, they're, they're really saying we can't do any better than what our weekend service is doing with our new lead pastor and the way he's communicating. Our young adults love that. And why, why do a lesser service per se or experience you know, why duplicate our energy? And they've shifted their energy to creating more relational community spaces for young adults throughout the month. Right. They've gone away from a consistent service um, and focusing more on the community aspect for young adults in, that, in those spaces. So I, I think there's those that I'm seeing a lot of, um, but I, I just think I'm seeing a lot of transition. And with that, it's ask it, young adult ministry, you know, people are asking a lot of good questions. That's so great. We're obviously, we're always in a time of change. People are constantly in transition, whether they're going to college, whether they're changing careers, whether they're in leadership in churches, whatever that is and looks like. So I think it kind of goes back down to it. The landscape is constantly changing and God yeah. is doing a new thing. Like it talks about in Isaiah, God is doing a new Absolutely. thing and we don't want to miss it. So, Nick, we know that you and um, your team of people have been exposed to, like, multiple people, groups, ages, sizes, all those different things. And we believe that God has given you specific insight as a leader in this generation and demographic of young adults. What are some of the things or the primary issues that you see teens and students currently dealing with? We did a... Um a our Hope and Life conference. This is our ninth Hope and Life conference this past summer. That's awesome. <laughs> and what God has done with it has truly been mind blowing for wow. us. We didn't we didn't anticipate it, um, but as we prepared for this conference, we were asking the same question: God, what are you doing? What are you wanting to speak to this next generation? Um, assessing our students and young adults, and you know, asking around the nation what what is the overwhelming um, need that this next generation has or what 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 are they facing and and for us the resounding answer was this this that young adults and students are 
overwhelmed with fear and overwhelmed with anxiety. Mm. Um, and, and, and so for us, obviously we know the answer, right? right. I mean, I feel like we, we, it was, it was almost not too easy. I'm, I'm, I'm not making light of the situation, but the answer is easy to us. The answer is Jesus. The yes. answer is, Amen. is the Prince of peace. And so the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. That's right. So we, we went full force with the theme peace is power. And we presented to this next generation that um, in a world and in a society and culture today where students and young adults are trying to find peace at the end of something, you know, I want to, I want to find peace. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. I'm overwhelmed with pressures and I'm bombarded in having to process all this information at one time. I'm seeing all the social media. I'm, I'm seeing all these things that at that age they shouldn't have to process. And so mm-hmm. fear overwhelms, anxiety overwhelms, pressure, you know, amounts. And in the face of all of that, we just gave a message of hope that Jesus ultimately is what you're looking for. He is, he is the one that can bring you the peace that you're, that you're searching for. It's not at the end of a pill. Peace isn't at the end of a path or road. It's not right. at the end of a vacation. It's not at the end of a bigger salary. It's not even at the end of a relationship, a, a human relationship. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. Right. And that wow. peace is powerful. And in our context here in Houston, we saw the presence of God move in an unbelievable way. And so many students and young adults encountering the peace of God mm. that I believe will change them for life. And now we'll anchor them through because peace isn't the absence of problems. It's the promise of his presence. That's so good. And, and that, wow. that was our message that you can be facing the worst news of your life. You could be going through the biggest struggle. Your parents could be getting divorced. You could have just lost your job. You could be you know, just lost your sports career or things have really changed in your college world that you didn't anticipate, but you can have peace right where you're at. Things don't have to change for you to have peace. Jesus is there with you. His peace surpasses understanding and it's what can make you a very powerful person. It's good. And so, so good. Nick, that like calms my soul. I just feel (laughs) joy in my heart listening to that because I think my heart is the same as a lot of people listening to this right now that are going to be, the enemy's trying to get us distracted, take us off course, look at the other lanes around us, Mm -hmm. have us compare and contrast and measure ourselves up against others and try to calculate where do we find ourselves. Mm -hmm. And here the answer is right there. The answer isn't uh, the next thing. The answer isn't a bigger event. The answer isn't a bigger ministry. The answer is we have the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that, Nick. So, man, I'm feeling the peace right now, and I hope hope (laughs) others share in that joy. And so what about, let me ask you this, your hopes, your dreams, your thoughts in the future of the church in America in general? Wow. Um, I think, I really think my heart has always been unity. Mm. I mean, I, I really, we have a very diverse church um, and we connect with, with a, a diverse group, you know, churches from all over the country. And my passion has always been to see the church 
be multi multicultural, multi generational, um, growing in unity mm-hmm. and fighting for unity um, within and being the example to our nation and world of God's plan, which obviously is unity. Um, you know, which where there is unity, there is a commanded blessing. And so I know a lot of people are fighting for a lot of things to see their ministry blessed, but they could be missing fighting for unity and they could, they could be missing the blessing because they're simply fighting for the wrong things. If you could, if you, if you want to say, but I, in the midst of our nation and in the, in the, you know, the, the differences and the tension and, um, you know, all the division that we see, right. I, I, I would love and dream to see the church. Um, lead the charge on building unity, which obviously requires a lot of uncomfortable conversations. It it, it requires a lot of work and sacrifice and humility um, from from our leaders, from us, from the next generation of leaders. I mean, from all of us collectively coming together. Um, yeah, I, I, that that would be I think the biggest passion that I have right now is just to see to see us unified like never before, using our platforms wisely, walking in humility. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Well, Nick, you've probably seen a lot in your experience working in a church of 17 years, bringing hope to the hopeless and just, you know, de- desiring that unity in a form of diversity. And how do you do that Um I guess maybe one of the most important questions that we like to ask is people who have the experience that you do, what is the most impactful thing that you've learned when it comes to longevity in, mm. in young adult ministry? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the, the couple of things that I think I've learned, is that the question? A couple of things I've learned mm-hmm. in yeah. doing young yeah. adult ministry? Yeah. Well, I think, I think you kind of alluded to it. I think, um, I think learning, learning to be consistent, which, which I know isn't like a very sexy answer, but it's like, I think what, what truly I've learned is, is the power of faithfulness That's good. and, and as a leader and as a follower of Christ, I think, you know, I love this scripture where like, Jesus sets the stage of what it will be like when we see him and his line is well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and talented, not well done, good and charismatic, not well done. Good. It's well, it's faithful. Like you were faithful. And I think for me, I've always just tried to zone in on that and be faithful and be faithful where I'm planted, um, being faithful as a father, as a friend, Mm. um, as a, as a husband, um, and as a pastor and leader, and realizing that a lot of the things that I've stepped into and been able to experience was simply just because I outlasted people. I, 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 I wasn't more talented. I wasn't more gifted. I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to guard my heart. Uh, I'm not going to allow bitterness to grow. If something were to happen, I'm, not, I'm like, I'm going to be a victor and not a victim in this situation. So good. Um, I just tried to stay faithful at being my best and who I am and, and being good to people consistently. You know, I don't, I don't have any key secret other than that. I mean, that would be the, one of the biggest things that I've learned. Um, I think, I think pertaining to ministry, the other big thing is, as I mentioned earlier, the power 
of building someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. Um, the the byproduct of that in my own personal life when I've when I've tried to lift someone else's vision and 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 supported and served that what God has done in return in my own life and leadership. Um, I just really feel like the influence in your life is really dictated by your level of submission. And Summer and I have always just tried to submit our hearts to God and submit our hearts to our leaders. And we've just seen God really open so many doors for us in our lives um, because of that and because of us trying to um, consistently do that. So I think I think a couple, a couple of those things come to mind. I mean, there's a lot of things when I think about, wow, you know, the, the length of time that we've done it, you know, I just think those are those are two things that I think I've really, really learned and think about. That's perfect. Well, and Jesus said it, that you, you quoted, well done, good and faithful servant. And something that when you said it that way, of you said, I just outlasted people. I stuck with it. Albert Einstein has this quote that I love. He says, I'm actually not that much of a genius. He said, it's just that I stuck with the problems longer than other people. Mm. And I share this optimism with you about the future of the church, the future of God's kingdom. And Jesus stuck with it on the cross when other people may have wanted to give it up. Mm -hmm. He's he's the builder of the church. And so if we just stick with it like he does, we're going to see the the victory. We're going to see the wall fall down. We're going to see the victory come. And so I'm really pumped and just excited sharing in this conversation with you. But Nick, if I could ask you this, somebody handed you a microphone right now and told you you could share with one, with, with our generation in today's world, one message, what would it be? Oh man. Uh, I think I would revisit what I mentioned earlier. I think I would tell people, um, that the peace that they're looking for is found in Jesus. It's only found in one place, and that's the person of Jesus. Um, peace is not a feeling. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And there's there's a lot of things that we can run to to try to find that purpose and peace, but um, he alone is, is the one that can give us um, the power of peace that can sustain you that can carry you through any circumstance and situation. And um, yeah, I, I did, that would be what I would say to somebody is his, his peace. Like I said, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. That's so good. Amen. Well, Nick, we want to end right there with the interview because we're going into one of our favorite parts, five in five. So we got five minutes, five questions, and you'll have hopefully have five answers, my friend, um, to okay. keep it under 60 seconds each. So you ready, my friend? I am ready. Shake it off. All right. Question number one. What has surprised you about young adults and the next generation the most? Oh, surprise. Um, I would say um, definitely not their desire to hook up with one another. That does not surprise me. I would I would say, <laughs> their, you know what? I would say their desire for family. Ooh. I, like, I, I really the longer I've done it, the more I realize once you get past the facade of in, in the, in the image and all the projections, when young adults love seeing family, they love the model of family. They, they long for family. And so I think that's something that I didn't see right away, but the longer I do it, I'm like, wow, 
young adults consistently want family. They want to be around my family. They want to be around our family. They want to see it. They want to see it modeled. Right. And um, that was that was that's something that I think really took me by surprise. It's a surprise. It's good. Okay, Nick, what's your favorite event you've ever done, and why? Oh, I would say Hope and Life Conference. Hope and Life Conference every year. Um, it's seeing thousands of youth and young adults converge into one place to lift up Jesus and the amount of stories that come out of that, um, the life change, the, the churches and the young adult ministries that are built and go back stronger. I mean, there's just, it, it's just a week of memories with our team too, staying up late, having so many funny memories from it. It just, just a great time with our team. And we see a huge, huge kingdom impact. When is it 2020? It is, it is June 17th through the 19th in 2020. We're marking our calendars, people. We, we hope to come check it out. And you we know, I don't, let me, let, can I double check? Do we yeah, have time to edit? Yeah. Will we edit this? Okay. Oh. We'll see. Nick, tell we'll us see. after and we'll, we'll post it in the show notes. Oh, we got show notes for you, my friend. No, so I can tell you later or what? Yeah, you yeah. sure can. All right. All I don't right. want to mess up the five for five vibe no, don't, here. You I don't just, even worry about it. Well, you talked about stories. You talked about life transformation and building memories. What is one of your favorite stories of life change that you've seen so far? How much time do I have for the answer? You got 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a guy named Steve Conga. He's a young adult now, but he came from Cameroon. Ooh. And he came here to Houston three years ago. And Steve didn't know any English. Steve came to Lakewood Church. He got plugged into our young adult ministry, and he went to University of Houston. Um, learned English by watching Netflix, and gave his heart to Christ. I'm not kidding. This is not a made up. Gave his heart to Christ. He was the first of his family to come to America. Wow. Planted at Lakewood. Planted in our young adults. He worked two jobs, two different gas stations. He opens his apartment at his college for his sisters to then come from Cameroon to go to wow. University of Houston. They come to the young adults, they get saved. He ends up graduating, speaks English well now, and wow. is now a financial advisor in Houston, come leading on. in the church. His family's flourishing in our church. And he was really the one that blazed the trail for them. So that that's a really like, that's one out of so many, but like Steve is one of my favorite leaders. His story's fantastic. And it's why I do what I do. Two words, only God. Yes. That yes. is awesome. Amen. <laughs> and we view that as such a success. And we also believe, Nick, that we can learn from our failures. And would you be willing to tell us one of your epic <laughs> failures in ministry? Oh, many failures. What, where do I begin? Um, wow. I mean, there's so many things that come to my mind when it comes, like certain, you know, moments where I've led people wrong, you know, just handled a bad, you know, there was a conflict and I, and I navigated a leadership scenario where I, man, I'd look back and I go, what was I thinking? Why would I tell them that, you know, <laughs> under the services that we thought would go huge and be a big hit and they ended up bombing or sermons I thought would be great and they ended up tanking. I remember one specific, a couple of years ago, we were like Super Bowl Sunday night, our services fall on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And we were like, we got to do a Super Bowl event. Like this make this huge. We lowered our huge screen auditorium. We brought in all these, like, you know, all this decor and like stuff all over the room, food and everyone wear your jerseys. Like we're going to do this huge thing. And 20 people showed up. 20 people had oh a gosh. buffet, my friend. 20 people. <laughs> 
Oh my god! It was it was humiliating. It was. I mean, I thought like this is gonna be the best thing ever, and it turned out the tank. And we found out with our crew, they would rather be in apartments yeah. and homes. Yeah. They would rather be at like Wild Wings. Like yep. going to a church setting was not their vibe. And we were like, oh, we should have asked. <laughs> we will never do a Super Bowl event again. <laughs> That like, sticks out. We, got to, we, have, sure. we all have to live and learn, right? Yes. And we get to learn from each other. So, so that's good. fun. <laughs> all right. I think this is the last question we have for you. But if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Oh, wow. I could only tell them one, huh? Yeah. I would tell... Well, I'm, I'm going to give them... Oh, I would say that you're... You're doing better than you think you are, and God is doing more than you think He is. Wow. That's good. I think. I think. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know if I have time to expound, but that so many people just they don't feel like they're doing great. And I'm here to just tell you that God is doing more than you think He is, and you're doing a fantastic job. As we've alluded to earlier, where you are at matters, and what you're doing deeply matters, right. and the part that you play in the church deeply matters right now, and we need you. And um, people around you need you, though they may not always verbalize it. And young adults are horrible at verbalizing gratitude when you're leading them. And so I would encourage you to just say you're doing better than you think you are, and God is doing more than you think he is. That's fantastic. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm fired up. Nick, thank you so much, my friend, for a great conversation today. Thanks for joining us and being with our group. And you can find more about Nick Nielsen, Lakewood Young Adults, Elia, and Hope and Life Conference when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today, as well as across social media platforms at youngadults.today. So until next time, we're with Nick Nielsen. This is Josiah and Micah on youngadults.today. Up right now, yeah.